We already did the interdimensional one, right? Interdimensional? The blueberry dream. Yeah, that, yeah, that we did do that. Are you coming up with the segments as we're getting ready to... Uh, it's a day early! <laughs> I had one and I thought I wrote it down, but I think I forgot it. Wow. Why am I not surprised? Oh, come on. Come on. I'm almost that bad. I'm just... I'm super stoked that Kendall went and got these glasses from the hotel room because there was no way I was going to drink Macallan 18 out of a piece of plastic cut out of a water bottle. Well, I liked my Lagavulin 16 that way in your herp room. You know, I actually had to go buy a bottle of that myself later. So now that we're having Macallan 18, I'm totally screwed. Did I don't like it way too much. That out of a plastic? Yeah, you don't remember? I was oh, drinking no, out of one I of your remember. bulbs. You're, you're like, look, I paid money for this scotch glass. And it's and that's why I have no other money. And you drink out of plastic, and you're highly successful mm. because of your ego. Yeah. Well, the ego got Mr. Uh, Rami Gurgis of the Reptile Super Show to sponsor us our drink this time around, which is Macallan 18, which is actually one of my favorite, and I think the best bang for your buck scotches out there, in my personal opinion. It does happen to be. No less than two hundred dollars everywhere than I've seen it. I mean, I think I may have found one for a, a he, buck eighty one he time. He said this one was three hundred bucks. Yeah, they were down, this down here. Of Everything's more expensive down here in Southern California. And the only thing I know this scotch from is that I watched literally on the airplane ride on the way here from Pittsburgh. I watched a movie called Molly's Game, which is about a girl who arranges like extremely high end poker matches, and this was something she was serving. So you have me on the scotch radar now because of this stupid podcast, and then I end up buying stuff. Look, that there's I like. a there's a hologram on the cap, so that when you cut it off, you know that it's been broken. Even the outside plastic cap. That's the, crazy. The plastic seal. Yeah. See that? Don't you blend my scotch. That must be the McKellen household. There you go. I'm hologram. gonna start putting holograms on all my superdwarves. Thank you, so you know Rami. Legit. Reptile Super Show. Um. Oh, by the way, are we recording this, or are we just? I'm recording always. <clears throat> I always forgot you. Always already. assume that I've recorded you. Do you guys want to hear the stats on the first Anaheim Reptile show in way too long? So this is pretty crazy. Rami sent me this. He said, <clears throat> Reptile Super Show has now been going for 13 years. This is show number 37. This show has been our biggest show up to date. <clears throat> we had 438 booths, over 200 vendors in a three- acre building our crowd today was massive and beyond anything the reptile super show has ever seen so i was actually talking to him yesterday friday before the show and he said that typically at a show you know you can go buy your tickets online i think they're like a buck off or something like that and when people do that in advance it usually is like a little bit less than half of the total ticket sales because most people buy them at the day of the show either right at the gates or online right before because uh, they're procrastinators like me. But he said that yesterday they had already sold more tickets during the pre-sale only than they had at any other show. And the, the nice thing is it doesn't feel <coughs> crowded in here because it's no, a huge it's, building. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, you could tell that it was a, a great crowd, tons of people going through. But everyone had actually had, like, room to stop and check out the booths. And, yeah, it wasn't shoulder to shoulder at all. And I don't know, just, like, the climate is nice. It's cold outside. But it's perfect in here. You don't feel cold. You know, you don't have that thing where you like standing by the door and your reptiles are freezing. So, yeah, freezing. Uh, all the rest of the, the world is laughing at you and talking about the cold, the cold chill down here in Southern California. Yeah. Well, the rest of the world was laughing at me because I just the bad part about this place. I just ran like three miles to get to my car and back to bring this Macallan 18. So cheers. Cheers. Yeah, I guess parking was a bit of a, a thing for some folks. Oh, yes. This is good. Yeah, like I said, it's one of the... No, that actually, yes. I like it. Yeah. It has a little bite at first. 
and then it settles down very, very smooth. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta inhale while you're drinking it. That's the that's the technique. Inhale as you're taking it in. Inhale the whiskey. Inhale it through your nose. While I prefer to inject it directly well, into wh- my veins. Whatever makes you go there, I guess. <laughs> whatever it takes to. It's not gonna take very much. I haven't eaten or drank in anything all day, and mm. when you have three hundred bottles of uh, three hundred dollars of scotch in front of you, I think I'm just gonna. I'll drink a little bit get of drunk. it. <laughs> <coughs> I'm gonna be responsible. I'm going to make it to the show tomorrow. I always make it to the show on time, but I'm going to be coherent. The best part is I don't actually have to be responsible. I see Laura Brewer. Laura Brewer, hi! Laura Brewer! Craig Touchman. Prehistoric pets extraordinaire of 24 years. Retired three days ago. You remember Craig? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone remembers Craig. Yeah, of course. That's cool. Okay, this is really good. I, You know what? I think I like the smoky... Lagavulin stuff a little bit, but this is like inc- I mean, you can't say anything bad about it. No, well, you can, but you'd just be talking out your butt. It's exceptional. It really is. W- one time, I sat around and had a Macallan tasting with my my father and the principal of my mom's school, and we had went through like fourteen or fifteen different years and blends of, of Macallan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Sat there one afternoon, did that. Um, it was in, yeah. It's incredible. It's one of my favorites. You know, I actually got this confused with the one that you have told me before that you're, I think, let let me try to get this story because I'm pretty sure my memory is pretty sharp. So you're 2% Irish, and that 2% of your family 200 years ago hated someone whose name is now on a bottle of scotch. So no one's allowed to drink that kind of scotch because you still hate them in the past. Contrary to your other positive energy nature, you choose to hate someone because of 2% of something you heard one time? I, no. I but it's not McAllen. No, it's Glenfiddich. Glenfiddich. Please, please, people, do not buy Glenfiddich for this podcast because Brian's 2% will be so angry. <laughs> and I, I've seen that 2%. It's not really much to fear. I never said hate. I said that I don't support them. Mm. Please do not send Glenfiddich for Brian to dip his 2% in. He doesn't like it. Mm. Dude, this is different. This is different. We're we're recording the the show here live together, but we're not like in a controlled room at all. Like people are walking by, shouting under us, yelling at us, like still leaving the venue. I actually like this because so everyone that watches your YouTube channel will know that you set up and do these interviews at the show. And you don't interview me anymore. So now I can feel like I'm still part of the party. So we're sitting here at your booth. For those of you who are only listening, welcome. Welcome to the Triple B booth with this cool banner that I'm going to go ahead and say on the air now. This was my idea for him to take a picture of his room. So wherever he goes, it looks like he's got everybody in his room. Accurate. And uh, yeah. And so we're, we're sitting here and everyone, it's a little after six on Saturday, which is when the cl- show closes. And we have special permission to stay late. So pretty soon the security is going to come through and kick everyone else out. But Rami said that we're allowed to, although I did ask a security guy on the way out to run and grab this McAllen that uh, I was like, yeah, I'm the Garrett guy who's allowed to stay here as long as I want. And he's like, yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. So we may get kicked out anyways. <laughs> I guess time will tell. We can bribe them with some good scotch. That's true. We've got some extra mats down in here, sideline. Um, Mr. Bernardin, of course, who's running the Facebook group now for for uh, Searchable's Reptiles. Thank you, Matt. And he's got a he's got a plastic cup. We've got a couple extra plastic cups. Oh, here, welcome. Oh, security's cracking down. We can hide under the table and record this. We could do that. <laughs> we don't need the camera after a certain. Dude, no, point we don't. Time. Yeah, we could just pull the mics down under the uh, tablecloth and we could just podcast from the floor. Yes, in the closet. So, yes, thank you to Matt from SoCal Herps. Um, he's like our, our new partner. He weaseled his way in here somehow, but we're happy for it. So he's going to be pouring the drinks and organizing the entire Facebook uh, page, which is where you guys can jump on and contribute to the page. And thank you to his beautiful wife, Kendall, for these awesome scotch glasses so that Brian's ego is unaffected. His two percent is happy drinking from glass and not plastic. You know, if you got a problem with the ego, I I've got been doing something recently to combat the old ego. I have a problem with ego. Yes, I don't really <laughs> have a problem with your ego, but I think most people you ask will say I have an ego problem. All right. Well, if you have a problem with ego, your own. I've been doing something just fresh this year 
that oh. could, could help you to combat your own ego. And That's I'll, great. I'll I didn't actually hear the first time because I wasn't listening because I only care about myself. So I could probably use this. Yeah, we're going to use it for the we'll – just, we'll just keep it on the back burner. Anybody who watches the vlog channel knows exactly what I'm talking about because I've spoken about it there. Mm, but I must have missed that one. That's good because we'll just – I'll keep it on the back burner and uh, I'll bring it forth and we'll see how your ego does with it. Okay. Fourth, fourth bring it. Fourth bring in. I will be forthbringing. We'll say... Uh, What's the ego thing? Are you going to tell me? No, I told you I'm going to keep it on the back burner and then present it when I feel like you're ready. Oh, okay. So I'm not ready. No, you're not ready. But uh, I think we are ready for our first segment. I feel like we should dive into our first segment. Yeah, so this is kind of what I wanted to do. So this McAllen has been aged 18 years. So what was significant to you when this scotch was being bottled over in Scotland? 18 well, years ago. It wasn't bottled 18 years ago. So just let's let's get that straight. We're going to talk about some oh whiskey stuff. Here we go. More whiskey history. The age of the whiskey is how long it's spent in the barrel aging. Okay, once well, once, you, sorry, once right. you take it from it the... Was bar- I, I knew that. Uh, okay. That's what I meant. Okay. So what was I doing 18 year years two, ago? 2002. What year did you graduate high school first 99. Oh, you beat me to it. Yeah. I was 2001. Okay. So this was poured into the barrel in the year 2002. I was completely unaware of its existence. You? 2002? <coughs> um, right? Yeah. I, I was not, like, familiar with McAllen. That's what I'm saying. Very much, no. So I had mean, been drinking whiskey, yes, but I was not, like, abreast of scotch knowledge, no. Right. So, so this part of the segment, diving deep into the shallow end, is where we talk too much about something that doesn't really matter to anybody at all. And it usually turns out pretty fun. Is that like the whole premise behind the entire podcast? <coughs> yeah, that's true. We could probably just stop after this segment. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I want to know. And Time out. 11 o'clock, I can sleep in. You think you can sleep in? Oh, U.S. Arc Auction is popping off very shortly. I know. Don't we're forget. actually going to, guys, I hope you listening enjoy this because we're going to miss a half an hour of the U.S. Arc Auction, which is literally probably one of my absolute favorite parts of any reptile show. Yeah, definitely. No matter whether it's Brian Potter on the mic, whether it's Phil Goss on the mic, they, they really hold it down. and Both great. Both great. I, Both I would probably bring style. my kids to Phil's. Yes. And just cover their ears occasionally. <laughs> when Potter is on the mic, they can't be within like a quarter mile. <laughs> Dude's pretty loud. Um, so... What's what are we doing now? We're getting yeah, shallow. We're getting shallow in the deep. So this is what I thought of. <clears throat> I remember last year, uh, February, I was extremely stressed about something. I remember uh, feeling like I was developing an ulcer because of this thing that I was worried about. But you know me with my memory. I don't remember what it was. So my thought was it probably wasn't that important. You know what I mean? The things that are important to us today might not matter tomorrow. So I thought it would be fun, in the spirit of this 18-year-old scotch, to think about what we were doing 18 years ago, because unfortunately, both of us, that wasn't that long ago on the time frame of our old fart lives. Well, the funny thing is that, so that was 2002, 2002. 2002. Three years after you graduated high school. I was, One year after I did. I was going to turn 21 that year. If we're talking about to the day... I wasn't quite 21 yet. Okay. But I was going to be 21 soon. And you know what? Actually. Matt, I need more. What The funny thing is that we're talking about alcohol. I, I distinctly remember that my 21st birthday, which was 18 years ago, I didn't go out and drink. Oh, okay. Like probably a lot of people do here in the States. You know, 21 being the legal drinking age. Right. People go out to bars. I bought that. a Budweiser. It tastes like piss, and they didn't card me, so it was kind of anticlimactic. Thank you, sir. I, uh, a little more than that, please. Yeah. They're turning, they're turning off the lights. Turning off the lights. This oh is going to get much more I'm glad you have your uh, s- stripper sign behind us. You know, oh, yeah. I forgot to turn on my own light. We're gonna, we're just here. The, the light is going to be <coughs> horrible for this right now. Well, this might be the end of the video part of the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. So, 
Yeah, I, that's the one thing that I, I recall for sure about like that year when I turned 21 is that I distinctly did not go out drinking on my 21st birthday. Okay. But what was important to you? Obviously not drinking. No. What were you worried about? What were you hopeful for? What were your dreams and aspirations in 2002? Because I feel like you talk a lot about what's important to you now. I want you to turn back the time and tell me what's important I wanted to, to rock. a 20-wear. I wanted to rock. <laughs> okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. And it wasn't shortly till after that that I w- actually was rocking, like, live shows and touring with a the band. There you uh, go. Not shortly after that. And so, yeah, I, I wanted to rock, and it, it happened. I started rocking. Right on. Yeah, you've always been very stubborn. It's <laughs> probably one of the most important things if you want to be successful at whatever you feel like you want. Like a rock. Oh. Okay, for me, let's see. So I'd have been 19. I was out of high school. I had this weird um, this weird thing where I was dead sure I was going to be dead by the time I was 21. I didn't think I'd live to see 21. I had fairly reckless lifestyle. So some of it was like, I'll be dead because I'm reckless. And some of it was like, I'm just going to be reckless because I'll be dead. So it was kind of <laughs> turned into a self-fulfilling, spiraling prophecy. So I just wanted to, like, do stuff, see stuff, go places, you know what I mean, as quickly as possible. Kind of like, you know, at 19, if I'm going to die by 21, it's like if someone said, hey, you've got two years left. What's up? What are you going to do? Right? So, yeah, somewhere around that time, I, I uh, had the house burned down in, uh, situation and burnt the house down. All the reptiles dead. Jumped in my truck and just drove for a year and a half around oh, yeah, America. I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. Yeah. Then I crashed the truck and I went to Indonesia. So it was all right around the same time. Um, so, yeah, that was the... Because I remember when I did turn 21, I was like, oh, man, I'm screwed. I'm still alive. My body is racked. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't know what I want to do with my life. So back then it was just, you know, work hard, play hard, have fun. Not worry too much about the consequences. A good, there's still a good part of me that is like that. Work hard, play hard, have fun, and not worry all that much about the consequences. I think it's weird that I have seemed to have matured at all, especially beyond you. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, dude. Like, to, to have matured beyond me is not quite much of a feat. <laughs> it's pretty good for a guy like me. Oh, they're kicking everybody out. He's getting pissed. I'm not leaving. Oh, oh the lights, lights are, are out. <laughs> the lights are out. Cheers. Cheers. Drinking in the night. I'm turning on our, we'll have our own personal light right here. I've got this cranked on. Ready? Drinking in the night. Da, 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 da. Rami's supposed to hook us up. Rami, we're podcasting for you in the dark. There we go. We got light. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, Rami said he would actually um, pay for us to come podcast at one of these shows, which we're here on our own dollar right now. So we just love Romney today, Rami today because uh, because we love him. And I mean, you know, booze is good, but mostly just because we love him. So, but next time uh, he's going to be one of our location sponsors. So that's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I like coming down. I like all this, man. He he puts on a good you show. I can't imagine like trying to put on. You an have a like this. very laid back attitude towards this show right now. For some reason, in particular, I noticed you did bring some snakes. Yeah. So you got a little selling to do. Yeah, and you brought the cocoa blocks, and you're representing for Freedom Breeder and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. You seem like, like even this morning, you were like, I just arrived late, and everyone's walking in. You weren't. Even I want to hang booth. out. I want to talk with people. I always feel like I get to these shows, and I'm rushing around, and like I'm talking to somebody. I'm like, like there's a time limit. Like there's a egg timer on this conversation because I got to interview some people. And I got to get this done. I got to get that done. And I still have that a bit. I'm still filming. I'm still doing some interviews. And but one of the reasons is yes, I I really want to spend time. Oh, man. I talked to security. Richard. Richard. <laughs> I'm counting on you, Richard. <laughs> don't kick us out. He's head of security. Oh, okay. Richard's my boy. All right, Richard. Don't kick us out. I don't know if you guys can hear that coming over the loudspeaker. You probably can at least a little bit. But, yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're, hoping like, we're turning out the lights. Get we're out. We're hoping to not get kicked hey, out. Hey, you with the microphones. <laughs> get your asses up. So, talking with people, having more time to sit and talk with people and not feel rushed to depart from any conversation I get involved with, which is what these shows are a huge part of for me, is sitting and talking with people face-to-face, which is a big part of the show for anybody, I think, is to yeah. meet people face-to-face. And uh, not only that, but I do It have should be if it isn't. I right. think sometimes it's not. Yeah, well, maybe not be. for everybody. Everybody's different. 
there's a hu- I've also got a huge back catalog on Triple B TV. I've still got like ten or twelve interviews right. from so you Tinley. Don't, you don't really need to do anything. Not here. not to, it's not even just that I don't need to. It's that I don't want to have too much. You know, I don't want somebody to do an interview here. And and be like, I'm not going to see this thing for how long? Six months, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. So I don't want a back catalog to get too big. That's that's one of the. So other you're reasons. like a PVC cage builder with the four month backlog right now. Yes, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. It's just like that, but it, yeah. but I I have to do it like that because it's it's just exponentially more cost effective. Because you can imagine, like if I tried to go to all of these people in their respective places and do these interviews, it makes much more sense to interview people when we're all here at the same time at a show. Like people are here from you well, know yeah, sure. Texas. That's yeah, just absolutely. Just well, plus they're in it. the mindset. Like they're all about what their business is about and representing. Yeah, sure. I heard a funny thing on the radio this morning. Um, it was ninety eight point seven here in L A, which was a station that I used to li- listen to when I lived here. And the the co hosts were doing this little game called like Oh Wait, and so they were saying sarcastic. Did you guys hear this? Matt's laughing and and nodding over there. So think of one real quick. Uh, Matt's gonna chime in here in a minute. Did you hear it, Kendall? Kendall's over there too. Oh, oh, the scotch just started to burn my very empty belly. Oh. I think it means I need <laughs> I another drink. What, <laughs> I was wondering what happened. I also so last night. Did I, you hear it? I didn't. No, I didn't hear oh, anything. Oh, sorry, I don't listen to the radio much. But yeah, I, I started last night empty belly and had a Manhattan on an empty belly, and then because with the promise of going to get food soon, and we went to go and try and get food and. Our buddy Matt, who arranged the Uber driver, had us going to go. Oh, I heard. heard I heard. I didn't hear the story, but I heard there was like a story. Yeah. So, so we were gonna. He wanted to go get some pizza at some place like downtown Disney. You know, since we're kind of real close next to Disneyland, basically at this show, and the Uber driver was kind of over the vibe. I think of everybody in the car. Like I, I was sitting shotgun, so I got to see everybody else. I got to see the, the driver's vibe, you know, and kind of like right next to him. And he he wasn't really feeling the conversation of everybody in the car, and I like to start with. And then his GPS started going a little haywire. We ended up in the parking structure for Disneyland. And uh, what are you doing? Why are you pointing over? Like you're just I'm trying to get Matt's attention. Matt, come here. What's up, Richard? Thank you. We're not kicking his out. Yeah, you distracted the hell. He anyway, remembers me. Anyway, oh god, this is this is sorry. Chaos. Go ahead. Go this ahead. Is go chaos. Ahead. Oh my god. Go, 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 go. Okay, go, so go. we we got to I'm we doing got side things here. Just oh, go. Oh jeez. This is so odd. Um <laughs> super side. Come track. on, come on, come on. Uh, well, uh, so so last night yeah, I was we, like, we, why we didn't you invite off. me? And then we got dropped everyone off. said you should be happy that you didn't. The, the Uber driver dropped us off like at the Disneyland parking structure. And he said, you know, just go over there to the right and go to that elevator and go up and that'll take you to the place to get pizza. And he uh because he's like, as soon as I go off here, I have to get back on Highway 5, and I, we can't go any further. And so he, so, he so drops he's us like, off. Drop, he's like, you can walk. Yeah, he can walk <laughs> over to the elevator there, and he takes and he takes off. Drops off. All right, elevator right there. And as we were walking to the elevator, security's like, hey, what are you guys doing down here? <laughs> it's like we weren't supposed to be there. Are you serious? Where he dropped us off at. Yeah, and we had this whole, like, standoff with security. And uh, they came It was like the way the cast members are supposed to enter the park or whatever. And <laughs> It's like we get they come over they call their lead and have him come over and he like talks about the situation of what we're doing where we're at and we end up getting escorted like you know through whatever back corners of the, of the Disneyland parking lot area, and then spend the next hour and a half trying to find another Uber that will pick us up and in, in the course of that end up walking about two thirds of the way back to the hotel, where we do finally make it back to eventually, and and get pizza, <laughs> full circle, right like on. We never should have left, but. I had lots of fun walking around with the guys and making fun of everybody and, and laughing and having conversations on the walk. And the pizza did taste a whole lot better than it probably would have if it would have been so much easier. <laughs> if it to was get easier. It. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why this is related, but in my brain, this reminds me of the first time I went to Komodo Island. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife hates when I tell stories like this because she's like, why well, you always got to one up people? Brian's talking about pizza. You got to talk about freaking Komodo. I heard a funny joke, sidetrack before I do the Komodo story, about Neil Armstrong. You know what I mean? He's like, first guy to walk on the moon, right? So everyone's like, oh, yeah, I did this today. Like, I was successful in business, or I got a new girlfriend, or guess what? I got my master's degree. And he's like, I'm the first man to walk on the moon. <laughs> and he's always, <laughs> like, the first guy to do anything. But I'm going to be Neil Armstrong right now. Yeah, maybe we'll story. implement that ego blocker today. Give me, wait, wait till I finish the story. So... 
the first time I went to Komodo, I went at the wrong time of year when they're like taking no boats because the tide is horrible. So I had to pay an exorbitant amount, a whole like 80 US dollars to a fisherman to take me out there in the middle of the, ne- in the, of the night. Now I'd never been there before, so I didn't know how long it was gonna, what? Th- have some, quick complaint, Matt's complaining. Man, you're distracting our podcast. Um, so anyways, uh, I didn't know how far it was or whatever, but it took like seven hours by boat through the middle of the night and it was like extremely tumultuous waters. And actually part of the problem was their like version of Coast Guard was looking for two divers who had disappeared because the tides, like the tides create in that area like rivers through the ocean that pull you away. So we were fighting that stuff. And he gets me there. It's still dark. I think it was like 3 a.m. or something like that when we arrive. And he drops me off. This is the only part that is in any way resembles your story. He drops me off on the island. And he's like, yeah, I think there's like a ranger station in that direction. And I jumped off like, you know, a boat doesn't go like up on the sand. So I jump off in the water. It's like up to my armpits with my my backpack of stuff. And I, I, I walk up to the island and he leaves. And I'm on Komodo Island where there's real legit dragons in the middle of the night. I've never been there before. I didn't even have a flashlight. This is pre-cell phone days because, again, McAllen 18, this is actually around that time, by the way, when this, when this scotch was being barreled. And um, I'm hiking through, like, dense foliage on Komodo Island looking for some sign of civilization, having no idea which direction I'm supposed to go or what's supposed to happen. Then as I'm doing it, I'm hearing these, like, insane prehistoric noises. For those of you listeners who've ever been to Komodo Island at night, there are noises that sound like pterodactyls and stegosaurs or something, which, by the way, are in the next exhibit over. Did you notice? Yeah, yeah, all the Jurassic like dinosaur models. Yeah, we thought we were all cool here at the Reptile Show. Like, oh, dude's got a water monitor. And then, like, holy shit, they have a stegosaurus (laughs) next door. Making (laughs) us look bad. Anyway, so there's these noises. Okay, you know, if you're in your car or whatever, I'm sorry. I'll try to back up and make this not loud. But it's like, in the middle of the night, I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, I'm literally in dinosaur land here. And um, and I, I walked through, I think it was like, it felt like it was probably close to like four hours until I found a ranger station. And these dudes were up and they were playing cards and drinking. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? The park is closed. And I'm like, I don't know how you're going to kick me off. He's going to make me like start swimming in the ocean or something. Like, I'm here. <laughs> And uh, they're like, what the hell is going on? And I, yeah, just like 19-year-old white kid walked across Komodo Island in the middle of the night when the park is closed and you're not allowed to go and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, It's kind of how I feel right take. now, actually, being here and the show is closed. Everybody's been kicked out, even all the Lights vendors. Lights off. And we're, but we've got a big light shining on us. You guys, we love you whiskey. so bad. We are podcasting, yeah, whiskey-fueled, fueled by the light of this little, like, neon triple B sign. And like the little fancy umbrella camera over here with uh, Matt not understanding any of my hand gestures as I'm asking him to bring me his nuts. <laughs> and uh, I, I think, did you get I that hand like, gesture? He just oh, gave you hand gesture. Yeah, that's a hand that? gesture I recognize. I'm sure you guys can imagine what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this, is why we, this is why we have Matt on board because he's a jackass. <laughs> Stop picking on Matt. Oh, his eyes just got really big. Don't pick on Matt. Dude. I only pick on people we love. We've already been over this. Matt, I love you. He made a heart. Okay, we're better. All right. The first gesture was not a heart. Good. I don't want you guys to be on bad terms because I'm tired of having friends that not are my, each my friends that that don't like each other. Yeah. I'm, I'm over that. Oh, you know what? I forgot to say what I was doing. So the radio thing this morning. This was really funny. So they're like doing this, oh, wait. Right. So they're playing this game where you say something you're like, oh, wait, that's not true at all. Right. So Matt uh, sent me one that was like, you know, is a pretty good example. Matt says, uh, I I'm going to it's I'm so happy that I'm going to pay off my mortgage quickly. Oh, wait, that's not going to happen even before I die. You know what I mean? Well, that's what mortgage means. (laughs) <laughs> it means <laughs> slavery for life. Uh, it's like de- you know, mortuary, like mo- 
It's, it's death. <laughs> Mortuary mortgage. That's pretty funny. So, yeah, what was I talking about when I first said that? Because I had a good 08 one. Nah, I don't remember anymore. I, I have no idea what was in your brain but at any point. <sighs> Extract my brain, Brian. Extract my brain. This I'm only like two glasses in on this McAllen's, and I'm feeling it. I think we're going to so finish dehydrated. this bottle during the podcast. We're already like half done with it. You realize that? That's my goal. <laughs> I'm a value guy. I can't let it go to waste. <laughs> if you bought me 300 pounds of, of like $300 worth of dog crap to eat, I'd probably finish it. <laughs> so how much do you imagine that $300 worth of dog poop? Like how well, big if it was like cow manure is pretty expensive. I don't know about dogs. Probably less useful. I don't know. Somebody uh go on my YouTube channel, find my PO box and mail me $300 worth of dog crap please so I can see how much it is. Wow. <laughs> Told you I was drunk. <laughs> I Yeah, I'm not going to sign up on that one. You can send me a picture and let me know how much that ends up being. <laughs> I really hope somebody sends that to you. We'll have Matt posted on the uh, Searchable as Reptiles Facebook page. Okay. Which you all need to join because we have like 50 people. I'm sure there's somebody out here listening that has a large dog and plenty of uh, access. Justin Lathrop, we're talking about you now. Yeah. <laughs> I think he kept back like five Cane Corso puppies from his last think it's, litter. It's, you think it's I almost legal? said clutch. Do you think it's legal to ship feces in the mail? That's one of those things that they make a rule about after you do it enough. That sounds accurate. I have a few laws like that made after me. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> okay, that was over the top that, ego. Yeah. So, so lay it on me. I'm ready for it. What are you ready for? Whatever it was, you were gonna tell me to make me not be egotistical. No, I'm it's not. I'm not gonna tell you something. I'm gonna feed you something. Is it dog shit? <laughs> That's more of the cow shit variety. <laughs> Horse shit. <laughs> oh man, I don't remember what my oh wait was. Like, I'm so glad of this. Oh wait, I'm so glad we decided to do this podcast here after hours in the dark. Oh wait, Garrett That's not hasn't had anything to eat. <laughs> That doesn't matter that much. Uh, I feel like it's starting Most to matter. Most days real I quickly. eat entirely too much. Okay. I'm actually just glad that I can breathe and talk after how far I had to run to the parking lot to get this booze and come back. And then I came back and waited for like 10 minutes while he set this equipment up. What's up with that? That's not true at all. You're making lots of noise on the table. I'm just saying, like I'm with sorry, all, all your slamming and bumping on the on the. I'm very casual about all this kind of stuff. Brian sits up straight and talks into the mic, and I'm like, "What? I have nuts in my mouth." Matt's nuts. Look. Oh my god. Can we? Can we? Can you talk about business or something? Like this is getting out of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, business um okay well let's jump into this one you can probably answer this pretty quickly um what do i hate about what my co-host has been doing lately well the crunching mats nuts in your mouth pounding on the table drinking whiskey on an empty belly making you a little extra obnoxious today why is uh, it always about like noises with you i I'm apparently i'm like a audiophobe i think you something. are i think you are i don't know what that is but i i mean it's like i, I don't, don't i don't like little noises that aren't supposed to be there like get talking way too much <laughs> i'm not talking at all take no, it you talk a lot you talk a lot and that's it's fine because i don't really talk that much so it's good we need to have like something on this podcast so i guess well i want to know what you hate that i'm doing besides the nut crunching that uh since the last podcast it wasn't just the nut crunching i told you it's all the the noises banging on the table. It's the uh, it's the drinking on an empty belly that's making you extra obnoxious. It's the uh, you know you didn't you didn't call me enough since the last pause. We have, we didn't talk enough. I feel like you didn't call me until uh, just before we were gonna get this podcast going to see what was happening. You didn't call me on Christmas. You didn't call me on Thanksgiving. You didn't call me to wish me a happy New Year. Actually, I had like so many tech messages on Christmas. I don't think I even answered any of them. Okay. I'm sorry. Merry Hi. Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Joel Patanod has uh, went ahead and posted on our Searchable as Reptiles, and he says, how about constructive criticism born from frustration, which I like. I love that stuff because it's an opportunity to grow. Episode 5 was not searchable for reptiles. He said for I think oh, he's messing with us. It's, it's <laughs> he capitalized it in the here, so I think he's messing with us because I always say four, and Brian always says as. 
Um, at least not first two thirds. I listened before giving up hope that reptiles would be discussed at all. You guys are engaging. Don't get me wrong, but the pointless batter and now dream analysis is is a waste of listeners' time. Oh, he's talking about the blueberry dream. Oh, I thought that was a special dream. <laughs> Reptile po- podcasts are proliferating, but weirdly, many of them meander aimlessly. None of them more than this one. Is it too much to ask? to keep the discussion focused or at least edited so the non-reptile talk is to a minimum. I feel like that was the exact opposite of the idea behind this podcast. Yes. Joel, I love you, and thank you for bringing this. In all honesty, I, I love uh, constructive criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Joel's, uh, Joel's a good dude, so, I, you know, like he means this, uh, you know. Oh, all. sure. No, all constructive criticism is, is a good thing. Yeah. So, anyways, with all the love in the world... Um, Go to Reach Out Reptiles on YouTube. Go to Triple B TV on YouTube and get all of the focused reptile advice that you want. Am I right, Brian? I mean, so so actually, Joel and, and everybody else that's listening to this podcast, this is going to be searchable as reptiles. Obviously, Brian and I both eat, sleep, and dream reptiles, except for blueberry dreams. And um, this is our off-topic banter podcast. So I'm sure it will be saturated with reptiles, just like Brian Cusco has. You have your Triple B TV channel, which is like reptiles, reptiles, reptiles. And then you have Brian Cusco, which is like some reptiles and Hillary and the kids and camping and whatever. I'm wearing a flannel right now that's soaked in (laughs) urate. Thank you for that off-topic discussion. Oh, but anyways, no, this is searchable as reptiles. Honestly, guys, this is something for Brian and I to kind of blow off steam about stuff. And so, um, you know, I apologize if it was supposed to be you like like honestly, there are a lot of really, really good reptile uh, podcasts. Let's name a few. I like Morelia Python Radio. Eric Nowen, what's up? Yeah, definitely. How definitely. about you? Um, Chris Eaton of Snakes and the Fat Man. That's a good one. Yeah. How about uh, the Herpetoculture discussion? Help me with that I don't name. know if it's still happening or not. Oh, that sucks. I know. Okay. What about uh, our boys over in, in the UK? Reptiles and Chill. Yep. Now, that one I is definitely a little bit more off topic, but with English accents, so it keeps you entertained. Yeah, I can concur. But, I mean, they're definitely a reptiles podcast. Sure. So And then the Green Tree Python Keeper, GTP Keeper. Um, Forrest and MJ just started one. Right. Uh, yeah, um, un- Unfiltered uh, Reptiles podcast. Unfiltered Reptiles. So that's, I haven't actually listened to that one. I'm sorry, Forrest. Oh, how dare you. No, it's because I don't know what the name is. Okay. I can find it. So tell me again. I'm uh, going to subscribe Joel, right Joel, now. And Ad- Joel and Adam have uh, Unplugged, um, Reptiles Unplugged, which Do is they really? on YouTube. It's, it's very uh, much a podcast. They always have a guest on. and they Yeah, and talk about reptiles yeah, specifically. specifically. All right. Well, in the honor of, uh, of Rami giving us this stuff, what did you get to see of the show today? Let's talk reptiles for a little bit. Um, not enough. Oh, that that forest snake, that uh, the like the, the mild forest boom snake. Slang. No, that the oh, thing that's like a little Jackson's tame, tree Jackson's snake. Tree snake. Yeah, the from Sim Container. <clears throat> right. That thing was sweet. You know how I know what those are? Because um, you were handling one of the forests and it bit you, and, and right. And then like, he's like, "Those are deadly venomous." <laughs> and I was like, "Uh, <laughs> I feel okay so far." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got some beautiful shots of that thing today, and hopefully he's going to come over tomorrow, and we'll sit down and actually do a whole episode with him on Triple B TV. But Forest? Um, no. Um, oh, John. oh, oh, yeah, John Adranya. Yeah, you can't say a Dragna. I do. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't say Lasagna. Yeah, but everybody says a Dragna. Okay, it's a Dranya, yeah. like lasagna. Like That's lasagna. very good. I, I never noticed that, but he is kind of like Italianish. Yeah. I think he's Cretan. Okay. But. Um. Yeah, so that that animal I thought was fantastic. That snake was just super cool the way it acted and moved. He, they pulled it out so I could film it and stuff. And they <laughs> pulled it out. Venomous free handling at the Super Show. Thanks. <laughs> it's okay, everyone. It's rear fanged. It's only killed two people ever. <laughs> so that was that's not that factual. was one. I heard that there's an albino, albino, albino alligator here somewhere. I didn't get to see what? it. What? Okay, well I guess I'm <laughs> Matt Bernard making all kinds of stuff. Prehistoric up, I guess. pets has some baby alligators. Okay. Over at their place. Um, yeah, Riley had a, a Papuan uh, python here. Oh, yeah. that Like a tiny baby. Didn't Dan Maliri just import that one? I believe so. So, okay, Dan Maliri. Holy crap. Did you get over to his booth? For a, for a moment, yeah. He, his, his Dude, he had so, like, okay, so 
you can always count on DM Exotics to bring some crazy stuff. And if you guys have ever watched his YouTube channel, you'll know what's up. But this show in particular, he has like the freshest, healthiest babies of things that are like never captive bred. So to see all these baby like baby peach throat monitors, baby Sulawesi mangroves, which are the rainbow colored bands on the black, you know. Um, he's got his own Barons racers, and he has the adult pair. And just tip for you, uh, if he doesn't sell them at the show, you better hit him up quick because he's got this crazy sky blue one, and it was knocking up a green one all day at the show, yeah, breeding no, I, like I crazy. I've got some. I've got some film of that actually. Of them breeding. Yeah, if you go watch the vlog, they've yeah. been going at it all day long. So Barons racers, and you know, of course, he's always got green tree pythons and blue tongues and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I was really impressed with all of his baby snakes. Just, it's really nice, and and they were farm bred and brought over. But Dan does a really good job with that. I mean, if I was ever going to get a wild caught anything, it would be from Dan. In fact, at the last show, Forrest, kind of Forrest and I. I mean, Forrest paid for them, but I made him do it. The uh, the wild caught carampas, right? Or, I'm sorry, Kalatoa, right? Yeah, the retics uh, that um, that he sent my way. And those guys are top notch, but. Yeah, if you're going to go wild caught, you can get the stuff from Dan because, you know, I mean, he's he's in tight with the uh, the exporters and he does a really good job on not having, like, nasty animals that are just about ready to die when you buy them at the show. He's a pretty cool dude, too. Oh, he's a very cool dude. His wife is amazing. Apple. Yeah. Sweetheart. Right. I actually was telling him, so I was supposed to go with him. Dave Kaufman invited me. I think he invited you, too, didn't he? He did. Pretty much invited everybody, I guess. <laughs> I felt special until I heard he invited you. <laughs> but, um, no, he was going to Thailand this month. Yeah. I think and he's going after the show pretty much. Yeah. Uh, well, Dan and Apple told me they're leaving on Friday yeah. of you know this coming week. But they're like, our house isn't ready. We have no furniture. And their house is amazing. I know. I've seen the video, yeah. You guys got to check it out on, on YouTube. Damn hilarious. Hello. They're wheeling people around here. This is so weird. We're sitting here podcasting in the dark at a reptile show. Like, They should offer like overnight camping experiences <laughs> at the reptile show. <laughs> I mean, liability. theoretically, we could walk around and fill our pockets with all y'all's uh, reptiles. But we could Brian and I aren't going to. Oh, Kendall's eyes just lit up and she went running. <laughs> Kendall, where are you going? <laughs> Richard, get her! Richard! <laughs> I mean, Dan, I can see Dan's table from here. Yeah, it does have some pretty cute little baby snakes on it. <laughs> oh, but man. let me think, let me think. So if I was going to steal one of the animals, well, I mean, I don't know where it is, but that dude was walking around. I'm going to put it on my Instagram. Um, one of the guys from Sim Containers walking around with a Bell's Phase lace monitor. That was pretty legit. They're actually right on the other side of this wall right here. But is the bells? Because I didn't know if it was like, I don't think they're selling it, right? It's but it's still there. Oh, okay. So I <laughs> I might, <laughs> Matt Matt says it's not. Matt and Kendall, if any of you guys come in on uh, Sunday and your animals are missing, it wasn't me and Brian, it's Matt and Kendall Bernardin. Yeah, that's right. We're still we're here recording. They're 123 Main Street, <laughs> Long Beach, California, next to that sushi place. They're all floating around now. We're sitting here recording, and these guys are all over the place now. <laughs> uh, no, I so I uh, I did get to step by stop by um, Jeff Kelly's table, and I did actually buy a new harness for Aiden's gigantic. He's got a blue tongue skink. Aiden is my worker. He's oh, did a, you see the couches that Tori made? The little couches for the Bearded Dragons? No. Oh, you didn't see them, really? No. You went to Jeff I was Kelly's there. table? You I went... actually got one of the harnesses. How did you the miss the couches? She made these little miniature couches for Bearded Dragons. Okay, I'm using my amazing photographic memory right now, and I can kind of see it in my peripheral. No, but no, can't. I didn't pay attention to them. They're cool. They did. There was a very orange dragon on one of them. It's a real thing. It just doesn't stay very long. It's like an old photograph that fades quickly. That's how my memory works. But, yeah, so uh, Jeff had some. I believe they were platinum, phantom, uh, purple retics that were very beautiful. If I was a mainland kind of a guy, that would be nice. So Daniel Solis actually has a couple of super dwarves. Are you going to interview him this weekend? I want to hear he's going to do his little follow-up. Yeah, there's actually a lot of people, funny enough, that I ended up be getting ready to interview this weekend, but... Tomorrow is the last day to do so, and there's a lot of them. I don't, don't know how many of them are gonna have time. Well, a lot of them are. Can you do me a busy. favor and make Daniel first? <laughs> he, yeah, I can. I can do that. 
I want to hit him up about I or you know I want to hear what he says because he before he was saying that you know like with the superdwarves you love when I talk business with the superdwarves like don't worry about what island they came from because they can swim so they're all one locality and then he went out there which for the record I love you Daniel you're wrong and then <clears throat> I'm just gonna call it like it is because it is searchable as reptiles but then he came back and he was like no. Actually, there's a lot of differences, even differences from two different sides of the island and stuff. So I, I really am genuinely interested to hear after coming back his theories because his theories. <clears throat> thing well, one is, of one of them so far, I'll tell you one of the main ones, like the main one. So is that? Well, I was just gonna say, like all of us have theories before we know anything because right. well, it's they're, the best hy- that they're we can hypotheses. Do. We have been corrected on this several times. It's hi- they're <laughs> hypotheses. hypotheses, guys. This is this is Garrett Hartle, and I don't care to use vocabulary properly, so don't correct me on stuff. I don't care, and I'm not gonna change. But go <laughs> ahead. So what is his new hypotheses? Because you know we can all have hypothesis. great hypothesis. No, C's. That's C's. That's plural. Hypoth- hypotheses is plural. Yeah. Yes. But it's just one. It's so, his new hypothesis. Okay. What is, is it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> kind of. Uh, that there are actually localities, and they're maybe smaller. Like they stay in this one cave on this one side of the island type of thing. Like they don't micro move around at all. Micro localities. Yeah. Well, you have like. Uh, I mean, like, you know, we talked about the marine iguanas. I don't know. Did we talk about that on podcast? Mm, remember. 13 islands of Mer- Galapagos marine mm, iguanas. Yes, they recently, yeah, said Godzilla. that there's 11. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. But the big deal, the, the interesting thing was on one island, there's three subspecies. So that's kind of what he's saying. And they are an unstudied population. So to blend them now before you even know what they are, is ludicrous <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff we don't know what they are and we breed mo- uh, morphs and those you know are morphs anyways the, but the amount if of you stuff, have the locality data keep it please. the amount of stuff that we don't know what they are is much greater than the amount of stuff that we do know what they are and oh, that yeah. goes across every subject which is funny because 18 years ago when this scotch was being barreled i thought i knew probably like 75 percent of the reptile knowledge yeah. now 18 years later of studying and learning and being a nerd forever <clears throat> I would say I know point zero 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 zero. The more time you have to learn about different things, the more you realize there's even more out there that that there is to learn, and so it kind of goes backwards. Whereas you're young, you think, okay, I've learned this, I've learned this, I've learned this. Like I'm at this point, I'm like on 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 route to learn it all. Like I'm I'm on my way to it. And to be fair, with this journey of life that I'm on towards perfectionist and uh, maturity and, you know, complete. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't even finish that sentence. <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm very mature and that my ego is obviously kept very well in check now because of the vast amount of knowledge I can acknowledge as a greater and more mature person. I acknowledge that I have this vast, there's a vast amount of knowledge that exists that I don't know. <clears throat> and that is why I'm so humble. Are we done? <laughs> ridiculous. <sighs> Do you remember how much I laughed? You I don't laughed. want to talk. About, we're going to spend the rest of the podcast not talking about reptiles. I don't <clears throat> care what the constriction says. This is not the purpose of reptiles. It's searchable as reptiles because you can find it as reptiles, but it could be an entire podcast not about reptiles. That was the whole Th- point. This of the actually is it. So if you guys are listening, I'm Garrett Hartle. I have reptiles. Brian Cusco is here. He has reptiles. This podcast is not about reptiles. It's searchable as reptiles so the reptile community can find us because we freaking love you guys. But if you're listening to this podcast, be utterly prepared to listen to a bunch of nonsense about nothing because we get drunk and we talk about dumb shit and everyone wants to hear Garrett Hartle at least be very unprofessional. I mean, Brian's always unprofessional. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I mean, you've literally like pooped on your pod on your vlog before, so <laughs> it doesn't get less professional. That he's laughing like a junior hire right now. You guys, he's like, <laughs> oh, this is not what this podcast is about. I'm sorry. Um, we are not here to educate any of you about anything. But we need to go. Oh, Richard, my man is walking by. It's seven seventeen now. Wait, what? Did I, how long did I tell him? When did it close? Six. I said 7.30. We got 13 minutes of nothing. Go. What? <laughs> Kendall's laughing. I made somebody laugh. <clears throat> Richard, the security guy, walked by. 
And I told him we'd be here till 7.30. So you've got 13 minutes. Um, we are going to do well uh, uh, our life lesson. What are you learning right now? And this is actually, I think, a really right good... Right now? No, like, like, okay, let's say... I mean, it's the beginning of 2020. I don't know about you, but for some reason, like, it's a new decade, 2020. I don't know if it's just the round number or what, but I feel like I've had a fresh start. You know, I'm, what What day I'm is I'm focusing it? on being a better person. I, I spent, for the first time ever for the new year's eve we went camping for two days in the zone with absolutely no servers who are off the grid you poor guy no uh threw the phone away basically and uh just went out with the kids got raided by raccoons a little bit <laughs> at the campsite but our campsite is also within walking distance of the ocean in montana de oro which is a spot that if you've watched the vlogs oh i want to know you've that seen the girls at the rattlesnakes there and oh, dave yeah. me find the rattlesnakes it's right there basically yeah. And uh, so that's what we did for the new year, bringing in the new year and just watching the stars in the sky and being in nature. And that's the first time I've ever done that for around New Year's. Unplug or you go? You mean go camping? Yeah. Or go unplugged? No, go camping for for New Year's yeah, first that, time. Yeah, that's an interesting way to do. And it. And I feel like I want to do that every year now because mm -hmm. it felt really good and it, it felt like a great way to bring in the new year just with nature and sunshine and, and kind of a natural reset very natural reset yeah it was it was fantastic and uh so what do you think is gonna be different this year to last year for you for me man uh hopefully a lot uh, we need to record your predictions now so we can laugh at you at the end of the year oh i mean i kind of did a little bit of that already i i just i just want to i just want to be as good of a person as I can. Just grow in a positive direction, in every direction that, that I can. Like whether it's being a better, a better father, a better husband, just a better human on the planet to with the other people here. Just kind of be a little more aware of everything around me and not get so wrapped up in my own head. But at the same time, be wrapped up in my own head enough to where I'm I'm self-aware. And and not bubbling like I, I notice myself driving more carefully, for whatever reason. What that is not you, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like I, you have officially become old. In 2020, was the year Brian Cusco got old. <laughs> Are you afraid of flying now too? No, I'm no. Get, I'm getting on a plane next month to go to Arlington. Tell me if you're afraid because I'm not scared of, of the thought that your children will die. Er, er, wait, what? That was wrong. That you will die and your children will be fatherless. That's what I was trying to say. No, I didn't. That's have what old people say. They're like, I'm not afraid. And then you have kids and you get old and you're no, like, Oh no, what if no, I die? I'm not afraid. That's the point. I'm I'm not afraid to. <clears throat> but you don't know because you haven't been on the plane. So see if this thought comes up to you when you're in the plane. That's what I'm saying. I was on a plane recently. I'm planning this thought right now. So the next time you get on a plane, tell me if it. I've spent a lot of my oops. life on a plane. I feel pretty safe there. <laughs> Okay. Like I, I feel less safe on the road. Which Just is why so you I'm guys more know, attention. this is a large more bottle more, of scotch, there's more and, and more we idiots. have like a tiny bit left at the bottom. There's more and more idiots on the road all the time, so that's where I feel less safe. I feel more safe in a plane than I do when I'm on the road. Because well, that's of all, kind the, of a, all the morons driving Global around. population thing. There's probably more idiots everywhere because there's more people everywhere. Sure. Um, but there's more distracted people on the road, and so I find myself paying when I'm driving and there are other cars around. When I'm on the country kind of road, just going down the middle of the highway with no one else around, I, I'm still driving safe. You had that car accident, what, like a year and a half ago or something mm, like yeah, that? Was, um, Do you think that that has, like, kind of set in and made you a little more conscious? It could be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't deny that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. My car accidents had no effect on me other than physical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was the – honestly, I think it's the uh, – the microdosing that I started to do at the beginning of this year, like it's kind of making it's making it promotes, you old. It promotes neurogenesis, and I feel like I'm using my brain a little bit more mm. than instead of just letting it shut off all the time and it just made going that to completely autopilot. unattractive to me. What microdosing? Okay, well then we'll do the mega dose for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well we wouldn't we wouldn't microdose with you. I'm talking about shattering the ego. It would be the mega dose. Oh, is that least, what it was? At least the macro dose. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I watched your thing on the micro dosing. I didn't capture that. Maybe my ego was too big, and I just completely <laughs> zoned that part out. And I'm like, I mean, the ego is important. Look at this druggie over here. The ego keeps you alive. <laughs> you know, the ego keeps you safe in a that's, lot of situations. That's too deep for me. I can't even comprehend that right now. At the bottom of this Macallan 18. I like this scotch. Freaking Rami. You're going to have to send some of this to Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, it's good. It's one of my favorites. 
So here's my cool thing with 2020. It's all business because, you know, okay. I'm obsessed. I'm, I'm going to tune out. Go ahead. Not really as much business, but business affects me. So, you know, like, this is going to be reptile-related, but we pour our hearts and souls into this stuff, you know? And I've really been... I feel like good because a lot of times with reptiles, and I know you guys listening can can relate to this, you get distracted. You see that cute, pretty reptilian face at the reptile show, and you take it home, and you're all of a sudden in a new direction all the time. And I have been really good about executing plans that I've set forth three and five and seven years ago. And um, and some of those projects... It's called getting old. <laughs> Touche. Um but some of the, you know, like like those projects take time to mature. And a lot of the things that I was dreaming about years ago, I'm seeing come to fruition this year. I'm one month away from hatching Karamba Island retics, which probably doesn't mean a lot of, like, you know, if you watch my video, it's like, I Karamba, you know, with the Bart Simpson thing and stuff. But it's the first time they've ever been bred in captivity in the U.S. You know, there's only five of them that we, that, that I'm aware of in the U.S., and so I've got 11 eggs hatching in a month. That's going to triple the U.S. population. I'm trying very hard to work with the AZA to get them in there to actually do conservation. I think a lot of us in the pet trade, we talk about having reptiles as some sort of conservation, but then we just breed them and sell them to people, which is no kind of conservation. Well, as long as you're taking some of those money, that money you're making and putting it towards people who are doing actual conservation. Well, that would be an exception. There's three people who do that. Forrest Fanning, you mentioned, is one of those. Um but uh, but most of us really don't. I mean, let's be honest. When's the last time you donated towards a conservation effort? You know what I mean? Like, you you actually probably have. Like, uh, the, but I think the last time I intentionally did it, I went to Iguana Fest at Thai Park Place and did it. And I and I was donating in an auction, which doesn't even count because I'm like just buying stuff and it's fun. And they do a good job arranging that. I mean, they raise a lot of money for conservation for that. That was $65,000 for iguanas, which is great. But what I'm saying is I feel very good about the idea of passing up on sales. And it's an unimaginable amount of pressure of people banging down my door trying to get the, you know, jump in line on a Karampa retic or something, the rarest of the rare. But I'm so excited about being able to give some of these to the AZA. Because they can proliferate these things in zoos, and then if they go extinct in the wild, we have something to receive them from. Because my greatest fear is that in producing them and talking about them, the market for them goes up. The, and, and when I sell them, I have the first ones pre-sold for $10,000. It makes everybody want them. And then people globally are going to be bringing these things in because you can get them overseas for you know a few hundred bucks or whatever doesn't mean that you should because there's so few left on the islands, you know? And and if you're buying wild-caught carampas at this point, which I know this is like a kind of a sensitive thing because I have three wild-caughts at my house, but my intention is to take things. I didn't import those. I, I collected them from, you know, areas where I feel like I can give them a, a, a proper amount of appreciation, proliferate them in captivity, and then donate them to the AZA to offset the impact of that potentially our industry is having. Now, I know there's other things that, that face those animals in the wild, but I really want, I, I feel like this might be my greatest contribution to reptile keeping in all of my years of doing it. Okay, that's pretty big. So for 20, yeah, for 2020, and that's like one thing. Now, I work with seven localities just of dwarf and superdove retics, and I'm on track to produce five of them this year. I don't think that's ever been done. And for me, that stuff is really important because, like, albino superdors are are great and they're amazing and they're really cool to be able to provide an animal like a, a purple retic or something at the size of a ball python for people to have as a pet. <clears throat> but the actual significance of that pales in comparison to preserving something that can so easily be gone from the map in the wild. What do you what do you think about that? This uh, idea of repopulating, like, what do you see as a p- potential real future uh, of that type of situation? I like, hope like it never gets wiped out in the wild, and then like somebody something's habitat gets completely wiped out. The species gets obliterated in the wild. 
we've got these captive populations and we we go back and like rehabilitate the habitat and yeah it's happened before look at black black footed ferrets spix macaws you know what i mean and even though i'll never get any money or recognition for doing it i would love to just just for me just for me to know that like those are my babies grandbabies or so it is as a reptile breeder the way we you know that you guys feel about your animals i know you you guys listening feel the same way that those are my babies repopulating the wild. Now, I hope it never happens. I hope it never comes to that and long live the Karampa Island retic. But because it's a, such a small place with a fragile ecology, you know what I mean? And, a, and according to Daniel Solis, who just went there, an increasing pressure on the wild because of the growing population of humans. You know, and when he went there, like the main villager of Karampa Island had 10 in a bag that he was planning to sell to the next pet trade guy that came along. That's scary to me. That's very scary to me. You know what I mean? And so being able to try to maintain the most diverse genetics possible without selective breeding, just taking the animals that were collected from the wild as they are and maintaining genetic diversity on them so that we have a population. That's why I want to try to get into the AZA because inevitably in captivity, we, we pick the ones we like best, right? And, and we begin to have an impact on them over time, whether we're trying to or not. Like, oh, the, the cleaner looking ones or the brighter patterned ones or the friendlier ones or whatever it is. And they begin to become impacted by their life in captivity. So not selectively breeding those, maintaining genetic diversity, and then being able to repopulate the wild with animals that would have been produced just as they are in the wild. Uh, it's just an emergency switch, you know what I mean, in case anything happened. But to me, even being able, like, we talk about ego, and I joke around about it all the time, but I realize how insignificant I am in this world and in this industry. But being able to provide even just an emergency switch for one locality of animals that most people have never even heard of is probably one of the greatest things I'll be able to do for the animals that I love which so that kind of stuff to me is huge so so seeing the culmination of all of this come to fruition in 2020 I mean I I had three different people stop me at the show today and say hey I don't even have super doors but I love the passion for that you have for the animals that you work with it, that I can see and is clear on your channel and the way that you present it in a down-to-earth manner. And that's probably the best compliment you guys could give me because, you know, th th I mean, this is my life. You know what I'm saying? And so being able to, we talked about this, I think, in the third po first podcast, when you say you love something, like, I love the beach. You know, most people mean I like to go to the beach and use it soak in the sun, you know what I mean, enjoy the waves, the smell of the salt air. If you actually love the beach, you'd be picking up trash. You know what I mean? You'd be taking care of the place. You'd be trying to preserve the natural habitats around the beach instead of build your condo there. You know what I mean? And so I, what I'm trying to do, the Superdorf retakes have been so good to me, and I love them so much. I'm, tr I'm trying to love them like we should love the beach. I'm trying to love Superdorfs in a way that ensures their future that i don't know if all the little islands can be considered one locality because they swim back and forth or if they're individual or but i break it down to bloodline i try to keep track of it as close as possible because if there is any kind of beautiful natural variation between them i want to maintain that and i don't want to make everything a purple albino i don't want to make everything a golden child I like those animals, and those are cool in their own right. But sometimes I, I just want to appreciate what got me into it in the beginning. You know what I mean? So like the Karampa eggs incubating. I have Jampeya eggs incubating, which are like the classic dwarf retic, but they haven't been bred in 10 years because they fell out of favor with the, with the captive market. So I'm very excited to be able to bring in the, the sire of the clutch is wild caught. So complete, fresh, genetic diversity that's like a freaking great dream come true to me. You know what I mean? So 2020, I'm very excited for what's going on for my business. Not because I'm going to make so much money or whatever. I mean, you've seen where I live and all that kind of, I mean, you know, we're humble people other than my <laughs> ridiculous egotistical nature. But I've told you how I'm actually humble because we're truly superior to everyone else on the planet. Oh, my God. Dude. But I digress. 
my my point is I love doing what I do. It's so cool to be able to do this for a living and that Richard over here is like, you guys can stay. Everyone else can go. Oh, bye, Kendall. <laughs> He's marching her by in handcuffs. What did you get? I hope you stashed it somewhere good. <laughs> oh, man. We'll see you over at the USR auction soon. Or not. I don't know. I don't know, man. Sometimes I feel like I just talked for ten minutes straight. You did. You did. I'm I told sorry, you, I, everybody. No, I, I told you I was going to tune out. I'm glad you did because I said my piece. Good. Sometimes hey. I wonder about the the efficacy of like of repopulating. Like every time humans kind of step in and, and fix quote air quote something in nature, it seems like it just jack it up, and mm-hmm. you, you know it's like futile efforts to. You said n- yourself, you're new this new year. You want to be better. The best you can. Sure. That's all we can do. Yeah. Sure. And sure. you know what? No, I'm I mean, not. I'm not trying to downplay your efforts at all. At all. I'm just. I'm just. I'm it makes me. About that's what it makes me think in about. General. That's what Maybe it makes me we think screw about. everything up. But I think every every once in a while, every once in a great blue moon, we have the opportunity to do something right. And that's all I'm trying to do. And maybe it doesn't work. Maybe it does. Maybe we never need it. Maybe it's completely irrelevant. And the the that's actually kind of my point. My greatest contribution to the reptile industry might be completely re- irrelevant in the eyes of all things. But what if it's not? And I think that's a risk worth taking. Sure. Sure that yeah, absolutely, man. Huh. Well, I uh, I don't have much on on top of that and like Hey, cheers. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. To 2020. Searchable as reptiles people. Our all our SARS infected fans. I love you guys. <laughs> and I uh I promise I'll say something more maybe on the next podcast. Yeah. No, you were good. You okay. talked a lot. Okay, good, good. I just ranted at the end. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but but that was the reptile van. Joel, I hope you're happy. I'm going to... Um, yeah, I feel like you're just trying to make Matt, Joel, Joel Matt, happy that whole time. take a note. Right? Yeah, I was just trying to make Joel happy. Yeah, well. Can you please um, take the time notes from on my rant about reptiles, conservation, all that important actual stuff, and please post it as a comment on the Facebook thing. And the rest of you guys, bring that constructive criticism. And most of, most importantly, if you want to hear us dive off the deep end on some shallow subject, you know, give us some give us some things to talk about that are total bullshit. <laughs> and we will rant for you. We will rant from the heart about nothing for you because we love you. Yeah, I can do that all day long. This focusing on reptiles thing that doesn't work for me. <laughs> hey, we love you guys. Peace. Good night. Thank you.